Hey everyone, this is Jen Kesnick, and you're listening to UBU, and I'll be me. And today I have a friend that I met through Instagram on the uh, podcast today. Her name is Angie Larson. Angie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Jen. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm so happy to have you. Um, so I just started the podcast a second ago, but we had some technical difficulties, so I had to start over. But we did say that our algorithms kind of matched and we found each other and we started following each other. And you live in Utah? I do. I live in Utah, beautiful Utah. And you were coming to New York um, for a visit with a group of girls for your friend who was ill at the time. Yes, for her 50th birthday. Her 50th birthday. And so I reached out because I, I'm from New York, so I had some insight that I wanted to give you guys so you would have a good time with your friend. And we just kind of developed a nice little rapport from there. We did, and we had such a good time on that trip. That was You got us tickets to go tour the Rockefeller Center. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was so great. And one of my favorite pictures from that trip was right after that tour, standing outside by the tree at Rockefeller because it was at Christmas time. And it was such a great trip. That friend actually passed away in January the next year. So it was so nice to have that trip and those yeah. memories that you helped us create. Oh, uh, my pleasure. All I did was ask a favor of a friend who works at NBC <laughs> who's nice enough to do that for you guys. And I was happy that I could have a small part in you guys having a good time with your friend because she was terminally ill. And I'm sorry that she passed away. That's sad. And you've had... Yeah a lot of big losses in your life in a short amount of time. And so I've just been following you and your story and I've just been uh, very touched by it and thought that I would see if you wanted to come on to talk about what you've been through and also what you're doing to heal because that's a really important component of all of this. So. I don't know. Do you want to start at the beginning of? <laughs> I'll start at the beginning. Let's see. When I was um, 47, the year I turned 47 was my first loss. And that was my father-in-law got diagnosed with cancer and died. It was the same day that that friend that I went to New York with, they both got diagnosed the same day. Wow. So I got two big news in one day and it was so gut-wrenching. My father-in-law lived five weeks and passed away. Oh, so fast. Cancer, so fast. They didn't even say what kind it was because it had spread so far. They just said, go home and oh. enjoy what time you have left. So that was pretty tough. And that was the first time in my life that I'd lost somebody close to me that wasn't a grandparent when I was a child. Right. You know? So it was, it was hard. And it just kind of started this whole domino effect that that happened. So he, he passed away. And then I lost a sister-in-law about three months later. That was my same age who just died in her sleep. And we still don't know what happened. Oh my goodness. And then, um, almost a year later, I lost my dad. And I think that's what really triggered needing the therapy and the help was because we didn't expect it at all. It was a total accident. He was fishing in a river in Oregon and slipped and hit his head and drowned. Awful. So we had just been with them. It was kind of this, um, oh, just a blessing. I would say that it was the first year that we were empty nesters, my husband and I, and our kids were gone for Thanksgiving. And then said, what are we going to do? I don't want to be here alone. This is late. Yeah. So we decided to fly to Oregon and be with my dad for Thanksgiving. And he passed away on December 6th. So Wow such a blessing that we were able to spend that time with him. But it was the day I, it was actually the day I got home from that trip in New York. I walked in my door and maybe five minutes later, my brother called and said, Hey, dad died today. Oh my goodness. Like it wrecked me. So that was really tough. And then, um, my brother-in-law, the husband of the sister-in-law that died passed away a few months later. Oh my gosh. And, uh, So my husband was dealing with that. They were really close. They were only about 14 months apart growing up. They were really close. And so that was really tough. And he had, he had helped me with my dad. Him and my dad were best friends. So that was really tough. And he had just been through all of this with me. And then, um, Father's Day came around 
and I'm just, it just hit me. I was missing my dad so much, but we left. We went up to the canyons. We went camping. We enjoyed our time together. That was Sunday, Father's Day, and Russ passed away the next morning. The next morning. Oh, my goodness. So you lost your husband so soon after losing your father, and I know, you know, I'm a new empty nester, too, and so I understand the, you know, how much you have been through raising your family together. And, you know, now you've had, now's your time to be together and to do things um, that we had just found out on Christmas. My daughter had just announced that she was expecting our first grandchild. Oh, what a so, blessing. Yes. But Russ never met him. Yeah. Um, he passed away about five weeks before the baby was born. And I don't know if you want to go into what happened to Russ or if you just want to leave it at, you know, he passed away. No, I'll go into it because it kind of um, leads into why I wanted the therapy. Um, So kind of the same situation as my dad where it just was completely out of the blue, an accident, a traumatic event. He had gotten up early Monday morning to go work on a pump that was in a pipe in our backyard. I didn't know that's what he was doing, but he had worked on it the night before. And about 7.30, my boys showed up and said, where's dad? All the trucks are here. They were ready to go to work with him. I said, I don't know. He was outside working. And so I said, somebody probably came and got him and needed some help around here. And so I'm sure he'll show up, just head to the job site. So they left And it just kind of had this feeling that that's really weird that all his trucks are here and he wouldn't tell me if he was leaving. So I decided I'd go outside and just kind of walk around and see. I kind of had this feeling maybe one of the horses kicked him and he's hurt and he's laying out there like maybe I should go out and look. So um, I started walking around our backyard. We have a roping arena and stuff. I, I started at one end and walked around, and I got around to where that pipe was, and you can't really see it. You have to walk down an embankment to see it. Uh-huh. And I stopped right there, and I kind of saw the top of that pipe, and I thought, I wonder if he's in that. Like, could he fit in that? It was really maybe a two-foot diameter pipe. It wasn't very big. And so I yelled his name. I yelled his name. Oh, and I forgot to tell you before this, in his shop, I, I went down there and I called his phone and it rang right next to me. So he had it charging in the shop. And I'm uh, like, oh, he would have never left his phone. Yeah. Like, he's here somewhere. I knew as soon as that phone rang that he was here. Right. So I I had to climb over the panels and go down this little thing to that pipe. And as soon as I got close enough, I could see his boots. Oh. So he was head first down in this pipe and it had about three feet of water in the bottom of it. And um, he was all the way down in it. And so I was trying to pull him out, and I couldn't get him out. He wasn't moving. I knew he was gone. Yeah. But um, I had my phone, thank heavens, because I can't imagine letting him go and having to go clear back up to my house to call. So I had my phone, and I called 911, and then I called a neighbor who I knew could get here fast and said, I need your help. Please come help me. And the police and the neighbor got there at the same time, and they were able to pull him out, and they worked on him for about 45 minutes and pronounced him. Oh, Angie, I'm so sorry. That is so horribly tragic, and the fact that you were the one that found him is just even more sad I, I can't imagine <laughs> but I'm glad it was me and not one of my kids yes like I look back at it and think of the alternative or if I wouldn't have had that feeling and left him out there for hours yes you know yes so I'm glad I had that prompting to go look for him and I'm glad it was me and not one of my kids for sure and how many kids do you guys have we have four four They're, children like I said they were all grown but um two of them were living here at the time and what? And they were the two that were out there that morning that said, "We don't know where Dad is." Yeah. So, and were they able to come right back and be with you? They were, and then I have a son who's in the military, so we had to call and make arrangements for him to get home. Yeah. And um, and then another son that lives about six hours away, and he came that day right away as well. Yeah. Well, it is just almost too much to even think about, let alone go through all the loss that you've experienced in such a short amount of time. And 
I know I've, I've done a podcast before about grief and it's, you know, a fine line of like my friend who lost her son said, you know, I still, I might cry, but I still want you to talk about him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that's what, um, I think as moms, maybe, I never really thought I had anxiety. And then after this happened, I started having panic attacks. And I remember the very first panic attack I had um, was about two days later. Some of his buddies had decided that they were going to make his casket for him. Yeah. And they wanted me to come down and see it once they had it done. And I went down there and just, like, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't function. I just said, something's wrong, you know? Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, I think you're having a panic attack. You need to just sit down and breathe and take some breaths. But that was really hard. Yeah, but the outpouring from your community was amazing. Just to see on social media, let alone, you know, be a part of it, it was beautiful. Yeah, he was a very well-loved community member here and co-worker and friends yeah Um, so after this happened and I think what we talked about and what I wanted to kind of talk about and help some of your listeners was um I started having these anxiety and panic attacks and I think as a mom I was I've always been a very worried person you know wake up with your kids you're always when it's snowy and they're driving outside you're just like oh please don't get in a crash and I've realized that I've probably had anxiety my whole life but I didn't realize it I just thought I was a worrier yeah but um, I started having these. So anytime I would hear an ambulance, I would start to cry. Mm. And and every time my phone rang, I was just sure it was going to be something happened to somebody. I was just waiting for the next loss and waiting for the next ball to drop that my world was going to be rocked again because that's just how it felt. It was yeah. going over and over the and over again. The hits just kept on coming. The hits kept coming, and I kept thinking, I can't lose anyone else, and then I would. Yeah. I would lose someone else. Yeah, that's know? crazy. And they still came because I still lost my friend after rest died. That's right. It's you, and I lost my good friend the next January. And so, you know, I kind of figured I've, I'm going to have to learn how to deal with this loss because obviously it's a part of life. It just never hit me until now, and then it just hit like a tidal wave. Yes, but I'm going to have more loss in life because that's life. Right. And I need to learn how to do this because I can't function right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I made a, a post on Facebook and it was a very heart wrenching, just poured my emotions out on Facebook. And I had a couple people reach out and say, you should try um, grief counseling with EMDR therapy. I think it would really help you. It really helps post-traumatic stress and you sound like you're suffering from post-traumatic stress. For sure. So I looked into it. EMDR is called eye movement desensitization. It's a hard word. Desensitization reprocessing. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a big. So I did. I called a grief counselor and we started doing sessions and it, I think, basically made it so I could go on in life and still have my grief and learn how to live with it. But my brain was able to process it. Wow. And not get stuck. So what does it entail? They, um, the hardest part for me about this process is you have to relive the trauma in as much detail as possible during these sessions. So you get very vulnerable, very emotional, it's gut-wrenching. It's go home and lay in bed for two days after a session yeah. kind of hard work. Yeah. But you will sit in the office before COVID. After COVID, we tried to do it online. I didn't think it was as effective online, but it still does work. Um, but hopefully everyone can go back into an office now and do it. So I held a buzzer in each hand, and it would buzz one hand in the other and just a constant rhythm as we worked through those details in that day and how, what was making me the feel the worst about those days yeah. and what was causing my anxiety. And so EMDR, when you have the buzzers in your hand, it's just kind of a, a, something else that's triggering in your brain while you're, while you're saying the words. 
Yeah, I think the best way I can explain it, and I talked to you about this before. I said I don't, I don't have the medical terminology. Yeah, so that's this, okay. This, <laughs> my, you, have, you have the experience. My understanding exactly. So they said, just like if say you got a splinter in your hand and it got infected and it couldn't heal until you remove that splinter, and then your body can heal it. It's the same way with your brain. Your brain naturally tries to heal after it's had a traumatic event and had something disrupted. But that tr- that trauma itself can be the splinter in yeah. your brain. And until your brain reprocesses and you remove that splinter, it can't heal. So it helps reprocess the memory to both sides of your brain so you can move through it. I mean, it's never going to go away. You're always going to have that sadness and that pain and that grief, but it softens it yes. and helps your brain start healing. Right. And I know um, you guys like to travel a lot. You were very active together as a couple of trips and, you know, all that stuff. And I was really moved recently when you posted that you were on an airplane and you were by yourself. And it was just like, am I ever going to not feel this way or, you know, be okay yeah. with being by myself on the airplane when I'm coming home from a trip. Yes. The empty seat next to me. That's what I said. It was that empty seat. And I think it was, I think it was such a prominent memory because my children were on that same flight with me and they were all with their spouses. And since that, since that first baby, I've had two more babies born. So in one year we got three grandbabies. Okay. And, um, that's pretty great. Yeah. So great. That's really my saving grace. Those babies just make my heart love. Yes. They are wonderful, but it was just so interesting to kind of sit back and be the outsider as I watched them in family units and realize I think part of it is that emptiness where it's, it's just me, but it's, it should be me and Russ. Right. Right. And do you feel like you can feel his presence with you? You know, I was actually going to talk to you about that. <laughs> I feel like your, you know, um, meditation and yoga, I that is something that's been very difficult for me because my mind races and I have a really hard time just making it calm down. Yeah. So there have been moments for sure where I have felt his presence, but not as much as I want to. And I think it's because I have a hard time calming and just listening and being, letting him in. Yeah. Because I'm just, you know, so I thought I need to talk to Jen. Yeah. She's great at <laughs> I will, I will send you some like super easy, um, breathing meditations that you can do and you put one hand over your heart and one hand over your abdomen and just breathe. So you can feel your belly rising on the inhale and falling on the exhale. And you just breathe into the count of five, hold for one, breathe out to the count of seven and just kind of do that over and over and over again. And that's a really calming breath and the hands on your heart and hands on your stomach is just very like nurturing, like you're protecting yourself or holding yourself. And it's a great way to like fall asleep or get back to sleep uh, because I'm sure that's not easy for you. No, it's, no, it's not, especially if I have a dream and wake up and then I'm up, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And that was, it was really hard at the beginning. I'm, I'm about a year and a half out now from, from him passing away. And one of the things I did start doing, which, which for listeners, I'm not sure the EMDR and the grief counseling was a huge step for me to take. And I, I needed that for sure. But just in the last couple months, I feel like I've gotten to a place where I needed to focus more on the future and less on the past uh-huh. and and how to create a life now without him because he's not here. Right. You know? And so I started doing life coaching. And oh, awesome. Yes, it's been amazing. I did want to go back to the EMDR, though, and just mention that it has been super, super helpful for people that have suffered like rape uh-huh. and major anxiety and soldiers with post-traumatic stress, um, you know, that it can help with anything like that. Yeah. That's amazing. Sure. I mentioned that. No, that's, that's great because obviously we're living in a, in a world that's hurting. Um, so that is something that I'm sure not a lot of people even know about. 
No, and I, I made a post about it on Facebook that you reached out to me for this podcast after, and I probably had close to 20 people message me privately, and I did have some rape victims message me. I had some, you know, and I just thought, if it could, if anybody could go and at least just try it and see if it helps them, what a wonderful healing thing for their brain to be able to start that process of removing that yeah. abscess for healing. Yeah, absolutely. And I want you to write a book and the title is The Empty Seat Next to Me. You know, like, I think you're going to help a lot of people. Oh, I hope so. And I hope I don't always have an empty seat next to me. I yes. hope that, you know, I can, I can find this life that I love and even after loss. Absolutely. Um, but it's a, it's a, you're very inspirational. And oh, I was really excited to um, see you and you know we're on the on FaceTime but at least I'm seeing you instead of just your written word on Instagram or Facebook so you know there's a lot of things to be said about social media especially nowadays but you know if it brings me to meet people like you you know there is a lot of good in it too Yes, and, and it was your kindness that really, and your humor, that <laughs> drew me to you almost instantly. Oh, and thanks. I just think, you know, there's a lot on, on Facebook and social media. And right now, it's kind of been hard for me to be on there. Yeah. You know? Well, but, when, you are, when you have suffered true loss and when you have real things to be upset about, when you're hearing about people freaking out over something that they shouldn't be freaking out about. It's kind of like, I have no time for you. Yeah, it is. It is. It's hard. And, but I, but every time I make a post that is heartfelt and, you know, it, I have somebody reach out that says, thank you. I hope you know how much that helped. I hope. And so I keep doing it, but it's hard for me to scroll through all the nonsense in between. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just post your awesome stuff and then hop off. <laughs> Just get off. Exactly. Because you're a great writer, too. Oh, that's a gift for my dad. Oh, really? My he was dad, a writer? He was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of your dad and um, that you've posted before. It's like total outdoorsman. Like. Yes. Robert Redford kind of guy. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. People thought he was Robert Redford. They'd call him Bob all the time, and he'd be like, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> he did. He looks he just was, like him. He did in his prime. But yeah. He was 80, year, 80 years old when he passed away fly fishing. Oh, by wow. Himself. Like, he he was the youngest 80-year-old I've ever met. Yes. You know, and, and just a brilliant mind, and I wished he would have written a, a book about yeah. his life. I really do, but... And uh, it's hard to for a girl to lose her dad when your dad is, like, a kind of a larger-than-life guy. Yeah. And so I understand that. And and your husband was that same kind of guy. Yeah, he was. He was the same kind of guy. That's I remember my friend calling me after the funeral, and she says, you know, I went home and had to sit my kids down and say, I want you guys to realize that you'll probably never see anything like that again. Yeah. Like, that was, it was, they had, he was a power lineman, and they had the line trucks with the big buckets. I think there was probably 60 of them from all over, probably four different states that came, uh. like the whole driveway up to the cemetery with their buckets with big American flags. He was a true patriot. Yes. So, big American flags hanging down from every bucket and all these linemen standing there holding flags and their climbing gear. Like it was amazing. I didn't know that they were doing any of it. Oh, And yeah, for miles along after we left where the service was to the cemetery, all of the community lined up with cowboy hats on and American flags waving them, little kids, big kids, just all along the whole ride. Amazing. What a, so, what a anyway. testament to what a great person he was. Yeah. That is awesome. Sure. That's so, for and sure. how are your, how are your children doing? They are doing well. I think that, um, having them married so they each have a spouse where they can lean on them for support yeah and love has been really good yes and and having like we said mentioned these babies coming this the year babies i mean that's wow. the greatest gift of all it's been good there's definitely times when we're stuck without russ because he knew how to do everything yeah <laughs> and we just need to call him and say 
how do you turn off the sprinklers for the winter? <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> how do you do these things? Yeah. And he just took care of it. I just took advantage of uh, everything that he did around here. But. Right, of him, like, you know, just being the consummate um, husband and father and, you know, like, I got this. I got yeah. you. Don't worry. And that is really, I'm like getting emotional myself, must be really hard. I feel for you. We were together 29 years. We were just, yeah. I think that's probably one of the hardest things is having to redefine myself. Because we got married, we started dating when I was 20. Got married a year later at 21. So I I just don't really know who I am without him. Yeah, yeah, um, because you were with him your whole adult life. Yeah, we grew grew up together. We went through life together, and we were best friends. I mean, we had such a great marriage. Yeah. So it's it's been, that's where the life coaching, I think, is coming in, is trying to help me fight me. Yes. You know? And I think that... All I know myself is as Russ's wife. Right. (laughs) And my kid's mom. Exactly. And, and I went, uh, when I started therapy a long time ago, um, my therapist said, okay, now tell me about yourself. And I said, well, um, my husband's name is Mark and we live in this town and I have these kids and da, 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 da. And she was like, okay, so tell me about yourself. And I was, I was like, I don't know who I am. So I, I think that, you know, the silver lining that there, of course there's no silver lining, but the thing that you have to think of is that this is your opportunity to, you know, just rise to the occasion and be who you're meant to be. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to figure out. Sure is. I was kind of on autopilot, just sailing along, being fine, just being yeah. that person. And now, now I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> I know, but so. I think that you're going to do great things. And this is why this happened to you, because you're meant to lead the charge and help a lot of people who need you. Oh, you're kind. I, if I could help just one person, I'd be, I'd be happy because it's not an easy thing to go through. No. And I think people tend to get stuck and, and think that they judge themselves really harshly feeling like they're stuck I shouldn't say stuck because I don't think you're ever stuck I think grief is going to be with you for your whole life you're never stuck in grief you just have to learn how to live with it yes but but you judge yourself because you think you're stuck and Uh you judge yourself so harshly for not doing this and not getting over this and not moving on with this and and it's there's no right or wrong right it's only how it works for you and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks it's just you and your grief yeah and grief will come and go in in like they say in waves you know some days you'll be okay and then some a wave will hit you and a wave will come out of nowhere one of those rogue waves yeah down and hold you under for a little bit and that's okay right totally normal right and that, and that's the thing I think you have to, I think 2020 has probably been a hard, you know, I'm on some other groups on Facebook with people that are widows and so many that got widowed this year that went through horrible things because they couldn't have funerals. They couldn't yeah. have, you know, just what a terrible time to lose somebody in this year with this virus and everything that it affected and the depression that has set in because they weren't allowed those things that help you move through the process. Yeah. Well, I was saying, you know, we, we went through nine 11 here in New York. Um, and the only thing that made it, you know, fathomable, it was the fact that we could all be together, you know, because it was like such a hard time. We just needed to gather together all the time and be with each other and, you know, talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And that was like the only way to get through it. And I was thinking that because a friend of ours passed away last week and, you know, the family couldn't do anything. And I was like, what a terrible time for his poor family. He's gone. So it's them that needs the people. Um, And we can't go over there. Like, that's so awful. It's, it, it, it is. I just, I feel like 2020, that's what I went in 2019 losing Russ 
and just thought, okay, you know, next year will be better. And then 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not better. I know. Um, and it, I, I really do feel terrible for people that are losing right now. And I feel like their grief is so unique that nobody has experienced what they're experiencing this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you even tell people to do? You know, like, yeah. would you, what do you think would be good advice for someone who's experiencing grief? Like, what is your life coaching kind of like first steps to, I don't know, being back to okay? There was the very first thing I did before life coaching is there's a book by Megan Devine called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Okay. Fantastic book. Fantastic book. She lost her husband tragically in a drowning, actually. Wow. And um, just there's a whole, even a chapter in there that is specifically written for people who are the support system for the person who is going through the loss and just gives you the things that you should say and shouldn't say to somebody who is suffering a great loss. And it was such a phenomenal book. Highly recommend that. And say the name of it one more time. It's okay that you're not okay. It's okay that you're not okay. By Megan Devine. And um, I think the biggest thing I took out of that was, just like I said, to be kind to yourself and that there's no right or wrong. Just... Feel your feelings. Let your feelings be there. Don't judge them. Yeah. Just let them be there. Let them pass through you and do your best because your best is all you got. Your best is it really, doesn't. exactly. Yeah. So and be true. okay with it. If, you, if it means you just woke up that day and you didn't even get out of bed, that was your best that day. That's okay. You yeah. did your best that yeah. day, you know? I really have a low tolerance for complaining people. And, um, so I think that when I see someone like you who has been through so much and doesn't complain and gets up and, you know, does your best every single day, it's like my heart and my hat go off to you (laughs) because, um, it really is quite a story that of what you've lived through the last few years and you've really just gone through it like. I know I'm sure you have moments where you're not okay, and that's okay. Um, but it's just you've been very inspirational. Oh, thank you. And that, and that's what I would say. I mean, you see, you you don't see me every day. So I want, you know, I know it's just just to be careful that it's okay for someone to not get up and get dressed. Yeah. I didn't for months. I didn't eat for probably a month. You yeah. know, I would, they would force like one Jamba juice down me a day and that's all I could do. You're right. But I think you just, uh, that's why I say everybody's so unique and everybody's so different. But for me, I have, I have terrible days still, but I think I got to the point where I just didn't want to feel like I was a victim. Yeah. And, and I look around and I see people who are going through every bit as as hard of a time as I am Mm -hmm. and you know they still have to get up and do their best they might I see people that have lost their husbands that still have little kids at home yeah and they still have to raise their kids right you know I there's just there's so much in the world that I just have to take what's here around me and appreciate what I have and try to find joy in it Well, you can't do any better than that. And that's really, you know, what I think about when I see people complaining about stuff on Facebook about, you know, political stuff or whatever, or, you know, it's just like, just be kind. Just be kind. You have no idea what these people are going through outside of Facebook. You don't know their life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. I agree. I agree. That's why I love your post. That's why I love you. Oh, thanks. It's so funny. I mean, I said it before we had to start over, but I saw um, an Instagram that you put up and it said, uh, you know, people be looking all cute in their flannels and I look like a lumberjack. And I was like, oh, same. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I'm like, am I in a costume right now? I feel like Paul Bunyan. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, just, I just had to pack. I'm actually, you'll be so proud of me. I am going on a girls trip. Good for you. Girls, uh, to Mexico on Wednesday. And it was so hard for me to try to put outfits together because I'm like, I don't get dressed anymore. Yeah. I wear a yoga pants and sweatshirt. Seriously. Like, do I have my <laughs> Mexico yoga pants with me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, going to be really fun. How many are you? There's just four of us, and I actually only know one of them. The other two are friends of hers that I don't know. Oh, fun. And two are single and two are married. Okay. It'll be, it'll be fun to see. That's actually been one of my hard things is, is doing things with my married friends who yeah. still get to go home to their husbands Yeah, and, and I go home to my empty house. So that's been a little bit hard. I still love them to death. It's just, it just kind of stings me a little bit. To yeah. And do you find people are still including you and everything and, and inviting you to things or do you feel like that's. Um, some do and some don't, and that's part of that book. Is she says you kind of learn pretty quick who who's going to stick around and actually who you want to stick around, yeah. and who you maybe need to just kind of weed out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And that's there, kind of a, a gift. Of yeah, one of my best friends is probably the worst at saying like all the list in the chapter of things you shouldn't say to somebody like oh everything happens for a reason and you're just going to be so much stronger after you've gone through all like all right. the stuff that you shouldn't say to somebody right she said all of it yeah <laughs> you're the <laughs> you're so yeah she's not a good you're officially the worst <laughs> so <Yeah>. thanks <laughs> yeah i know i guess if you don't know what to say just be quiet i think the best thing that they said and, and it's such a good thing for everybody out there to know anybody who's going through. And I mean, grief isn't just the death of somebody. Grief can be a divorce. Grief can be, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of grief. Um, it, the best thing to just say is, is I'm sorry. Yeah. And don't say I understand. Don't try to compare. Don't try to do anything. It's just, just say I'm sorry. This sucks. Yeah, because it and, does. And that's it. Right. And that's all you have to say. And give them a hug if they're a hugger and you can get closer than six feet. Yeah. If we're allowed to hug, <laughs> uh, it's also that, crazy. That we're just, we're just so designed to try to fix yeah. things. And, and that's the thing is it can't be fixed. And you have to just kind of pull back that urge and just let them hurt yep. and let them know it's okay that they hurt. And there's nothing you can do about it, but love them. Yeah, and you have to feel your feelings um, in feelings. order to get through, you know, everything. Yeah. We're really good at pushing those feelings down and suppressing them until we get pushed over by that wave that comes and comes up and gets us. So yeah. it's, it's really good to just help them feel those feelings, you know, just let them cry it out, let them sit there without going, giving them all the platitudes, you know? Yes. So... You're going to be okay. Yeah. It's all going to be okay. Like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough. I haven't even had my mom and I understand she had grief. She had, my parents got divorced and that was really hard for her because she was in love with him still and he left. Uh huh. And, you know, when she came to me and started trying to compare that with what I was going through. I oh was no. Like, mom, <laughs> mom. Yeah. I love you, and I know I can't weed you out of my life, but right now I really want to. <laughs> You're saying all the wrong things, Mom. <laughs> you are saying all the wrong things. <laughs> and that is, I mean, it's always good to keep in mind that people really don't mean to. You right. know, they have good intentions. But it but it does, you kind of have to learn how to be the boss of what's going on. And if somebody says something that's upsetting, you tell them, you know. I don't want to hear that right now. It's actually not making me feel better. Yeah. No, and kind of take control over what's happening that way to kind of teach people. And another <laughs> good lesson for, especially for women, I think, um, because we're so used to being polite that, you know, we just a lot of times be like, oh, okay, thanks. But it's good to be like, you know what? I don't really want to hear that. And I don't need you to be saying that to me right now. And that's okay to say. And it's totally fine. You can. You don't even have to be rude about it, but yeah. you can because nobody will care because you're grieving. Right. So you can do however you want. But yes, totally saying, 
I understand that you're trying to help me, but the things you're saying are actually making me feel worse. Yeah. You know, that's right. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a rough road and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but there's a lot of us out here. Yeah, there are, unfortunately, because as you said, this is life, you know, like terrible things are going to happen. And that's just, it's how you respond to any given situation is determines whether you're going to grow, um, you know, spiritually grow or, you know, stifle yourself, I guess, you know, I don't know. You have a choice. And I, and I think it's just so important for people to realize that there's help out there. Yeah. That you don't have to sit there and suffer and that there's a difference between having pain and suffering, you know, oh. and, and suffering isn't necessary. Okay. That so makes sense. We'll always have pain. Pain is part of life. Pain is like, you know, you don't have joy without pain. Right. So pain is there, but the suffering isn't a necessity. Right. That's a good so point. That's, that's, I think where the healing starts coming in is when you realize that and you realize that you don't have to suffer. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel pain. But on the opposite side of that, you can have joy and you can have life, you know? Yeah. And appreciate your life and appreciate, you know, what you have and just realize that our time here is limited and you may as well not like sweat the small stuff. For sure. That's actually, that is right now one of my hardest things on Facebook to see or talking in person are people who complain about their husbands. I know. <laughs> to me. I know. And are just like, oh. Believe me, I have read your posts and been extra nice to mine. <laughs> like, oh my God, you big <laughs> dummy. <laughs> you know, right? You can kick them in the butt and you can want to choke them, but you better give them a big hug every night. Exactly. <laughs> No, it really has. crazy, and I know that, but man, you got, I hope you love them. Yeah, too. I'm like, darn it, Angie's making me want to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to break that silent treatment a day early. <laughs> Fine, I love you, God. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, don't sweat the small stuff. It is, I mean, just even with your kids, with anything, just... Let those feelings be there. Talk about them. Work them out, and just love each other. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom line. It's you just never know when it's going to be your last, your last moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's truth. Work. And uh, especially in these crazy times, it's like get a hold of yourself and figure out what's really important and what you really want to expel your energy being upset about. Yeah. Bring it home and bring it to what's important and keep it, keep it here. You know, home, home is where we can control what yeah. goes on. Yeah. And, and out in the world, we've, we've lost what's going on. Yeah. Out the world. There is no control. We are off the rails officially. We are off the rails out there, but we can, we can sure control how we are with our close relationships. That's true. So. And just love each other. Like you said. Love each other. And be there for each other. And don't try to fix us when we're broken. Just let us be broken. Yeah. <laughs> let us be broken and then we'll fix ourselves. Yeah. The scar yeah. tissue will, you know, heal. Yeah. It'll be there, but it'll be better. I heard the best analogy about that once, just saying how, like, a broken heart can heal. And when it heals with scar tissue, that scar tissue is so much stronger. That's right. tissue, you know. Yeah. And... I just thought, oh, that was a good analogy to realize that, you know, that heart can be healed over with something that makes it a little bit tougher. Yes. Or make it more empathetic. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You see, I'm sure you see life through a whole different lens now. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's it's also different in how the person is lost. I think um, a traumatic accident where you don't get any goodbyes and you don't get any and then I you know I laid there with my friend for three days as she was drifting away and how much more peaceful it was and the fact that I could hold her and tell her I loved her yeah you know yeah um when my father passed away quite suddenly he we had Thanksgiving on a Thursday and he had a heart attack on a Friday and died and 
although it was, he had been sick for, you know, on and off for a long time, but it was so sudden. Um, but, you know, it just felt like shocking. Like, even though you're my dad and you're not in great, the greatest health, like, I just, just saw you yesterday. Yeah. Didn't think that it's, was going to happen. You didn't get your goodbye. Right. You didn't know if he was going to be gone. And I think that's, that for me was probably one of the hardest things because it was my dad and, and yeah. Russ. I, I didn't get those goodbyes. Right. I didn't get that, you know. And it's so weird that it was both water. Both water, both drownings within six months of each other. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know what that's telling me, if I should never go in the water again or what. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a psychic yeah. or something. <laughs> I've actually thought I need to talk to an empath just because you know how you asked if I ever feel rest, and I, I actually think that is something that is a gift that isn't given to everybody. Right. I think there are people here that really have that gift of being more in tune with those that have passed on, and. I wish it was a gift. I wish so much that it was my gift. I don't think it is, but I am happy to talk to somebody who has that gift uh-huh. and hopefully let them help me. Well, I'm, I'm doing a podcast uh, later on this week with this woman. Her name is Pat Longo, and she is an energy healer and a spiritual mentor to a lot of people, and um, I'm going to ask her. Yes. I'm going to ask her that question for you. And just to see, like, there are probably things that are happening that you just don't even consider it a sign. All the, I'm sure. I'm sure Russ is here with me all the time, and he's so frustrated because right. I don't hear him, and I don't notice him. So on his birthday in May... I was just missing him so much and so sad. And we had planned this thing to go up to the cemetery and eat dinner with him and then come back here and have dessert. And I remember saying to him as we were leaving to go to the cemetery, I'm like, you have got to give me a sign and you have got to make it obvious. Like can't miss obvious that you are here with me because I need you and I need to fill you. Yeah. And so we went up to the cemetery and while we were up there, it started pouring rain down where I could see my house from the cemetery. It's about 10 miles away. And I could tell it was raining at my house and it was coming our direction. So we loaded up and we went home. And as we were driving up the road to my house in my rearview mirror, I could see this huge, brilliant rainbow. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Well, I went to pull into my house and it was exactly over my house. Oh my gosh. And he's like, how's this? (laughs) You want it obvious. Here you go, baby. But that is the truth. Do you find that that's true? I mean, you know what? Honestly, like if you start to believe and look for them, look for the signs, you'll see them everywhere. But you got to believe that that's what it is. Because some people could say, well, no, that's just a song on the radio or, you know, whatever. I try to talk myself out of that all the time. I'll I'll get in and be missing him and the exact song will come on that I want to hear that reminds me of him. But I'm like, ah, it's just coincidence. No. I know. (laughs) But I think it's just because I want it so bad that I have a hard time believing when that happens. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not really real. He can't really, you know. I know. And then sometimes it's so crazy because I'll look at, I have pictures of him on the walls, of course, here. And I look at him and I'm just like, were you ever really here? Yeah. Like sometimes it doesn't even seem 29 years even happened. Yeah. Right. You know? That's wild. Yeah. Well, time is a weird thing. And, um, you know, the this woman that I spoke to in March, she's a psychic medium. Her name is Marianne DeMarco. And this woman, Pat Longo, who I'm going to talk to, mentored her. She's pretty famous here. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but, like, have you ever heard of the Long Island medium? Oh, yeah. Okay, so she's yeah. she's her other mentor Like, she, like, created, like mentored her to realize her gifts because things that she thought were just like coincidence or whatever. Um, this woman, Pat was like, no, you're a psychic medium. Like you're hearing things from beyond. And, um, so, but they, she was saying to me that, you know, the, the afterlife is, is just a, you know, they call it this veil. There's a veil and we're on one side of the veil and they're on the other side of the veil. And she was like saying, you know, it's, it's really real. And, 
there with us all the time. It and can be right here. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you have to just <laughs> believe. I know. That's my problem is I just need to believe it and not question it when it happens. Yeah. And doubt myself. Yes. So that's good. I will listen. I will make sure that I listen to her when you do your, is it this week? When are you going to air it? Oh, I'll probably put it on. I'll put this on tonight and then I'll put that on probably Friday. Okay. I'll be in Mexico, but I will listen for it. (laughs) <laughs> I will listen for it. Well, I'm, I hope you have an awesome, awesome trip. Oh, thank you. And thank I can't, you. is this like, oh, you went somewhere because you were on the plane. Yeah, we went to go see, so my son that was in the military had a baby that most of my, I had flown out to see, but most of my other kids couldn't leave. And so I finally got everyone together and we flew out there so everybody could meet all the babies. Oh, that's so nice. All together. That's yeah. so nice. Um, so it so nice. times like that where you build the absence the most. And yeah. the craziest thing is we had been out hiking or something and came back and the power was out in our VRBO that we had rented and the power guys came. And their bucket trucks right next to us working on the power lines. I'm like, okay, there's yeah. Rush. I, yeah. I know if he was there, he would have been out there making friends with all these guys, yep. shooting the trees. And I was like, well, that was a sign that he was with us. That's 100%. <laughs> 100 percent like I just want to let you know I am here. Oh, thanks, Jen. That's I love that. I, I, yeah, he, he was there. That's cool. He was there. And the the empty plane on this, I, like I felt him on that plane. I know because he always wanted to sit by the window. Yeah. And look at everything. And I don't know if you remember in my post, I'd say he'd ask the stupidest questions, but I'm like in my brain going, "Do I just ignore him? Yeah. Or do I like say some sort of like how would I know that? Yes. Like what mountain range is this? I don't even know where we are. How the hell do I know? Like, Funny, and without fail, he would do it every single time. And I'm just like, oh, I just put my headphones on. I'm like, what, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm not going to answer. I'm going to pretend like you're not asking me these, and expect me to answer. So it was just, I, I left it. You know, I could have scooted over and sat there. Yeah. And I, I left it open because I knew he was sitting there with me. Right. So. That's nice. He wanted, and he wanted the window. Yeah. And he got it. <laughs> he got the window. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story. And it's just such a pleasure for me to actually like see you and talk to you. And someday, someday we'll, maybe we'll go on a girl's trip someday. I know. Well, That'd my bucket, be fun. I, you're on my bucket list to get out to your neck of the woods. I've never seen that part of the country. All so right. I Come on out. New York, but not higher at all. So. Come on out. Thank you so much. And um, so one more time, the name of the therapy that you were doing. EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. (laughs) EMDR. People can Google that. It'll come up. Yeah, it will. All right. Thank you so much, Angie. And if uh, you want to, you can, people can go to iTunes and subscribe rate, review, all that good stuff. Thank you, everyone. And, you know, remember what's important. It's all about love. Peace.